Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what we try to do on Money Making Conversations. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My next guest, Carla Hall, is born in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a Houston Texan boy, so she's kind of south to me. <laughs> Carla Hall grew up surrounded by soul food. So did I. Six sisters, two brothers. OK, when time came for her, so you know, soul food was all over my house. When the time came for her to select her career path, she first opted for a business route. She graduated from Howard University's business school and worked as an accountant for two years before deciding to switch gears to work as a runway model. Today, she is a trained chef, another major shift, who has worked in several professional restaurant kitchens in and around the Washington, D.C. area and is an accomplished television personality and author. She is on the show today to talk about the Food Network's Holiday Baking Championship, where Carla is a judge. It is currently airing November through December on the Food Network. And we also be discussing Carla's new podcast, Say Yes. It airs weekly that she has launched in mid-September. Now, the table is set. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Carla Hall. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Carla, hey, Carla, I, I, I set the table, didn't I? Did I not set the table? Did you I set, set the table. I was like, wow, I saw myself coming to the double doors, there looking at all of the food on the table, and then the... Oh, my seat awaited for me. I was like, wow. No, 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 no. The seat was being pulled out for you. Because you are <laughs> yeah. a lady, you are a lady, and you're going to be eased into the table. And now we're going to talk about your life a little bit, what you're doing currently. But more importantly, you know, on Money Making Conversations, I, I always talk about people about not allowing fear to stop your dreams. And then also not being shifted in one direction because you've told that's where you should go. Because my degree is in mathematics. So when you said your degree uh -huh. is in, 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 in you, know, you still worked as an accountant, I worked at IBM. And so, but so when I decided to pursue a career as a stand-up comedian, people looked at me like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. So let's talk about the early years when you went to Howard and why you chose to go to Howard. And then when you went into the professional world as an accountant. Well, you know, a, a lot of people may or may not be surprised. I, accounting wasn't my first choice. Right. I wanted to do theater. So... I, um, I, from 12 to 17, I did theater. I thought that's what I was going to do. And then I didn't get into the one school that I wanted to go to, which was Boston University. And at that point, my sister was going to Howard. One of her friends was going to Howard. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll major in accounting because I like my accounting teacher and I'll go to Howard because that's where my sister's going. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Right. And, um, so later on, I, so when I was in accounting, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, I had. <laughs> Why didn't you like it? it? Why I, didn't you like it? You know, what, 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 you know, I, it's so funny that you asked that because I was saying I don't like it, but people weren't saying, why don't you like it? They were like, you have a good job. Right. 
They weren't even asking me if I liked it. And, and I'm like, but I can't wake up and do this un- until I am 40 and beyond. And that was my biggest fear. I, I felt like I was dying creatively. I felt like I wasn't, I was, I was really down going to work and stressed. And I was, I felt like this can't be what my life is supposed to be about. And, um, I was afraid not of leaving my job, but I was afraid of being 40 and hating my job and becoming like the status quo person who's just working to get a paycheck. That was my biggest fear. And, and, and so the runway model, cause you mentioned about theater, you mentioned, uh, going mm-hmm. to Howard, you wanted to go to Boston university, but you mentioned nothing about being a model, but you said theater. Well, How did that pop off? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I did the fashion shows at Howard. And if anybody's been to the homecoming or the, uh, like the spring fashion show or the homecoming fashion show, the fashion shows were a big thing. And I, and I did them at the, my senior year at Howard. And so when I moved to Tampa, Florida and I was working at Price Waterhouse, um, you know, I met these girls who were modeling. They were like, do you model? I'm like, well, I've modeled in school and it became a way to meet people. So that's what I started doing when I was in Tampa, Florida. When I said I hated my job, these girls were moving to Paris. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Don't leave me here. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not staying here. So not in I Tampa. Not in Tampa. To, right, not in Tampa. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tampa. Um, but I decided to leave. And that became, that became my journey of what I knew I didn't want to do. And what I eventually wanted to do. And modeling wasn't the thing that I wanted to do. It was just a bridge. And so I was open to what was on the other side. Okay, cool. Let's let's track her life so far, team. She really wanted to be theater between 12 and 17. She went to Howard. Her sister went to Howard. She uh, got a degree in business school at Howard. And then she got a career in accounting at Pricewaterhouse. And she got into modeling. And then the option of Tampa versus Paris. Paris won. Okay, as simple as that. Okay. <laughs> now, now we're about to make that other shift food because she hadn't mentioned that at all. See, yeah. I, I love her storytelling because, you know, you, you have to do research on Carla because otherwise she'd leave out these little nuggets <laughs> and she'll make a transition on you. You go, okay, okay, modeling? Okay, you said theater earlier. Well, you know, I was just hanging out and just, uh, you know, doing doing Howard, doing a homecoming. You know, I do modeling here and there, you know. Then when I, see, I love talking to gifted people because gifted people, they take everything for granted. Okay, well, what's the problem? I can sing. Why, why, why shouldn't I have a CD? Why, I can rap. Why shouldn't I have a rap album? Because you're gifted. Okay, so now see, listen to this gifted person. 2017 theater, couldn't get in Boston, so she got in Howard. And Howard's not a not an easy school to get into as well. It's in business school. So she didn't go there just hanging out. She went to business school. And Howard, if anybody knows about HBCUs, one of the top colleges, the top, I would say, HBCU in the country. Okay, now, so now... She's in Paris, I guess, you know, because she's telling this story. I'm just interrupting her as she's talking. Where did the food come in? I love your recap. I love your recap. Uh, So the food came in, and a lot of people like it's it's an oxymoron, models and food. Um, When I was there. Thin And I love to eat. See, food is not associated with skinny people. You know, it's thin. That's what you just Models... You don't even think about food. And that's what I'm saying. You're so funny. Your, your bio and I, uh, it was so much information being sent to me. I was like, wow. Food. Now she's a model. Tell us a story, Carla. 
when I went there, I didn't know. I had 10 words of French. I had one telephone number of a friend of a friend of a friend who knew my mom. Right. And so when I got there, I didn't call her probably for the first week that I was there. And, um, and I remember going to a patisserie and ordering a croissant. I mean, at the time, I didn't eat ham. And I was like, en croissant du beurre, s'il vous plaît. And the woman was like, uh-uh, en croissant du beurre. I was like, en croissant du beurre, s'il vous plaît. Uh-uh, en croissant du beurre. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to starve here. I'm going to be able to, to like speak the language to get the food. And so I'm like, Hamel! That's funny. That's funny. And so I, I could say ham. So I could <laughs> a ham sandwich. <laughs> so that, that was my first entree into Paris. And I was staying in um, uh, a room that it was a four, four story climb up. I couldn't even stand up. I'm six feet tall. Right. The, the ceiling was at an angle, so I couldn't even really stand up in the, uh, in the room. But so eventually I met this, I met this woman who was, um, um, oh my God, Rosalind Johnson. Oh my God, I had my really good friend, Rosalind Johnson. And all of the models would go to this woman's house named Elaine Evans, who was from Memphis, Tennessee, and she would have these brunches. And... I, it was incredible. It was like the Sunday supper at my grandmother's house. Right. It was amazing. And all of these American models, most of whom were black, mm -hmm. they were making macaroni and cheese. And, and if they found the turnip tops, they would do turnip greens and buffalo wings. And I was like, what? Oh, we, we, this is all. We had like, like back at right. home, mm -hmm. you know, you know, Sunday supper. And so they were all talking about, well, my mother does macaroni like this, or my mother does it like this. And I realized I had no idea. I had no idea how the macaroni and cheese was made. I didn't cook. Um, and I started going to the American bookstore and buying cookbooks because I had time. Right. And I wanted to contribute to the Sunday suppers. And so I started making soups. I started doing quick breads. I, I was just buying cookbooks and I just, I just kept doing it. And that became this way that I would thank people for letting me, um, live on their couch. Cause once I moved out of the, um, out of the, uh, pensione, I started staying with people and cooking became a way, uh, to show gratitude. Right. You know, Paris, first of all, is one of my favorite cities. If you ever get a chance to go to Paris, please go. They have a large, uh, I say, uh, African-American community uh, there, a lot uh -huh. of, especially during the war. A lot of people noticed a lot of the black military men stayed there because they felt that it wasn't a racist environment that they were living in. And so uh, so if you go there, it's just a really cool place. Great food, great atmosphere. But more importantly, it fits your personality because I know Paris and because you have a big personality, Carla. And that's a compliment because of the fact that, you know, you know, now I understand the theater background because your eyes are so lively. And so your eyes tell <laughs> such a great story when you speak and when you when, when you talk about food. Now, now I kind of understand who you are a little bit more because I like she is so big and she you you command the room and all that comes from the fact that you know theater background modeling you lived in Paris and you just a, a person who really is loves a food that you kind of you you're a self-taught chef I'm assuming then right well I was self-taught up until 30 and then after having my own um lunch delivery service which started as a fluke 
uh, and I did that for five years. Then I went to culinary school. I went to culinary school at 30. Wow. So again, the recap, y'all. Okay, we do a recap on call. Okay. Twitter seventeen recap. Recap. Yeah, recap. She's a beautiful person. Beautiful person. Twitter seventeen theater. Went to Howard. Really wanted to go to Boston, but wound up going to Harlem because her sister went there. You know, did some some kind of modeling and so I'm gonna use the word some kind of modeling in Howard University. But went down to Tampa, had some friends who were modeling. They wanted to go to Paris. She said, Hey, you're not leaving me at Prosswater House. I'm gonna follow y'all to Paris. Went to Paris, hung out. Was doing very successful jobs on the runway, but she's six feet tall. In the room she lived in, she had to walk around as an angle because she angle because she was too tall. So she moved to she she moved out and she was living on sofas. So she learned how to cook from a cookbook. Then at the age of thirty, she made another transition, culinary school. Now she's officially a chef in a way because she's learned. She has degrees. She she can tell people like me, I'm not an official. I can just cook. I can just bake, but nothing official tied to my name. So now, my friend, <laughs> you come into my life on Chew. That's when I first recognized you as a talent, recognized you as a person I love, recognized you as a person that when I watch you, I couldn't take my eyes off of you. So now we're moving even fast forward. And I actually met you at the uh, Circle of Sisters in New York city i was up there yes the, that's yeah, right yeah you know you was up there doing you know you was on the big stage you know because she's a star see stars get the big stage you know i'm in the back with sean over here i got some sweet potato pies over here if y'all want to look at them that's good, that's good, that's good. <laughs> oh i started on the don't, don't get it twisted i started on the little stage at the table you know and they're like can i be up in there <laughs> and so so now we move forward to the food network and i'm watching you you know, and first of all, I'm watching the promos and you have these, we're talking about the Halloween baking championship. And before we get to the holiday and the holiday starts on November 9th and uh, on the Food Network. OK, uh, now you have all these costumes. Talk about the costumes and the amount of time wow. it took to prepare for these different costumes on the holiday. The, baking championship. The, I have to tell you, Sean, that the the team, they the wardrobe, makeup, and hair, it is so fantastic. And they will say, okay, these are the costumes, because they, they design the costumes around the themes of the show. But when we get there, uh, the host and I, we have a lot of input, like how to embellish and how to make that costume our own. And a lot of times it becomes uh, integrating my glasses and then integrating uh, something about my hair. But, oh, my God, it, they are talented. They are talented. So this year, because I was the host, I didn't have the three hours to really get into hair and makeup and the costume like I normally would. So Jackie Megiddo, who does my makeup, she was having to do my makeup in, like, 45 minutes. Right. Which was fast for her and also because of COVID. So we were filming this in August, which we were one of the first productions to go back to work post COVID. And so they didn't want us to be, it was like outside masks, shield, you know, with the makeup artist. And so they didn't want us to be around people so intimately like we would normally would be. And so that, that also added another element of uh, just, speed to to the costumes but i love i have to tell you that halloween baking championship has almost enlightened and made me more excited about halloween but my halloween 
is always in July or August. And so when we get to October, people are like, what are you going to dress up? Yeah, I love you. I love your costumes. I'm like, oh, no, I already did that. Right. I'm on to, like, <laughs> I'm on to spring now. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and car shield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 dollars a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money m-o-n-e-y or visit carshield.com and use code money m-o-n-e-y to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com code money a deductible may apply Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. <laughs> well, you know, the thing I love about this is what I loved about the, you hosting the show. It, it kind of matched your career in a sense. You know, it was theatrical. Uh-huh. You got to be big. You got to model. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to model. And then you had to, it was yeah. food. And and so it was, it was it was like a journey from the age of 12 going through your you through your you know mid twenties to you when you went to culinary school at the age of thirty. This you now that show to me is like living your life of what you. Oh, when, when, when people look back, you are you, so right. You are so I loved it, and I know but I miss John Hanson. Everybody missed John Hanson, but I had so much fun. I was like I was pinching myself every night. I would go back to my room like I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I get to do this. I'm having so much fun and I and I just kept saying I hope the audience will accept me having fun this year you know because people yes. don't like change and I get it but I had so much fun you were fantastic you were fantastic and the and the, and the, the thing about it, this show is it's a little bit different from the most here's a known fact the most watched videos on social media are food videos recipe videos those uh-huh. are people yep. love food on social media, YouTube channels. They love it. Now, watching this show is a little bit different because it's almost craft. You're watching designers. You the food is yes. important, but the design and the layout. Now, this 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 show came down to three people. Aaron, uh Renee, and uh, uh Sanai. Uh, Sanai? Sanai? Sanai. 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 And um and mm-hmm. so I was stunned by the winner. Because I know. Talk to us about that a little bit, you know, it's already, it's already aired, you know, but I was actually stunned by the winner because see what, what, what I learned about the show is not about what you've done up to that point. It's your final meal. That's what I, that was my takeaway, your final dessert, yes. your final take. Yes. So, so that was so stunning because I had, you know, I, I was operating on a, you know, uh, uh, on a, on a journey. I was operating with done this, done this, done this, whoop, but here, whoop, but whoop, whoop. she, she got it. She got it. But you guys went, no. Talk to me about how you guys came to that decision on based on a body of work versus a single dessert. You, we, we don't do a body of work. It, it's not cumulative. It has to be because you have to be able to give that person. Like Aaron hadn't really won. 
Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Aaron has to be able to come in and do and have the possibility of winning, just like Renee and Sinai. So it has to be that challenge. And I'm going to tell you, we went back and forth, but Sinai's cake. Oh, so good. It was it was the kind of cake that when you tasted it, it melted in your mouth and everything, the texture, the flavors. It was so perfect. And it is so hard to, but then Renee has these beautiful creations oh when God. you look at her work. Oh my God. The upside down cake was mm. fantastic. Mm. It was fantastic. And so what we were also, and then Aaron, Aaron, Aaron had a beautiful cake too. Right. And the layers and the flavors. And I think that Aaron grew so much as a, uh, a baker in the show and getting out of his head and, and really allowing himself to express and to execute um, design wise, what was in his head and matching it with his flavors. But Sinai's cake, it was so delicious. It was. And so one of the things that we, that we really like to say to the audience in the day and age of, of, Instagram, where everything is visual, right? that trust us that we are here tasting it. And I'm not saying that Renee's cake was bad. It wasn't. It was, it was, it was good. It, it was good. The nice cake was great. Perfect. That's what, that's what, that's what Stephanie said. Perfect. This is perfect. Yeah. And so when I, I mean, when, so, was, so, so that was the stunner for Rashawn McDonald. I, I was stunner. But now yeah. we start the holiday baking championship, which starts November 2nd. Which is a Monday, yes. uh, nine p.m. Eastern, nine p.m. Pacific, eight eight p.m. Central. Tell us about that. You are a judge. You are a host on the uh, uh, the Halloween uh, baking championship. On the holiday mm-hmm. baking champ, you are a judge. Tell us about what to expect. Come on now, every Monday, y'all. So this is every Monday. Every Monday. This is my first time actually being on the holiday baking championship. This is my first time working with Nancy Fuller and Duff Goldman. And which was fantastic. And it's hosted by Jesse Palmer. We had such a great time. I had the best time, first of all, with Nancy. I feel like we are the same people. We look completely different, <laughs> but you know, she, we are twins and it, it, it was, it was crazy. We, it was like a play date. First of all, when you want us to have fun, because once we're having fun in the background, the fun will continue. Um, in the show, there are quite a few. Right? Wow. Yes. Yep. $25,000. And so, and let, let me ask you, let me ask you this call about, about, about mm-hmm. you and baking and judging, because, you know, I, I felt a little, you know, you, you, you're, you're interested, you know, you want to be fair but you don't want to be harsh that's what is my takeaway yeah. when i watch these shows with you because you know some of these judges can be downright just you know whatever you know but these people have to go home they have to live a life and you guys are all stars you know you guys are the top of the top of the food chain when you're giving your opinions so but i my takeaway from you when i watch you on these shows is like you 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 listen to what other judges say sometimes i'm not saying this is just Rashawn watching you and you go, uh-huh. you, it's almost they go. That was a little too hard. Let me let me, let me just say it a little bit different, and 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 give these people some spirit when they go back to the <laughs> back into the kitchen. Am I reading you right? 
you are reading me completely right. I mean, I competed on Top Chef. I've been in their shoes. So because I have been in their shoes, I, uh, I learned so much from being a competitor and I learned from the judges. And, and so the one thing that I, my takeaway was I may never be in front of the judges again. So I'm going to try to learn as much as I can during this experience. And so as a judge, I want to be constructive. I don't want to break your spirit. I want to build you up, but I also want to give you enough to learn so that when you come back, you take my feedback, you add that feedback to your, to whatever you're doing and you come back stronger and better. If this is the last time you see me, then you go home to your business or whatever and you take this feedback to, to get better. Right. And you do a great job at it. And I'm talking to Carla Hall. You know, we just wrapped up talking about her career, which is ongoing. She's amazing. We talked about the, the Halloween Baking Championship. But now we're talking about the Halloween Holiday Baking Championship, which starts Monday. It airs on the Food Network, 9 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, my man, Jesse Palmer, if you watch ESPN Sports, you always see him on college uh, highlights. He was the first bachelor. Uh, he, was, he was on the bachelor NFL quarterback. He's a really, really great personality. Duff Goldman is also on the show, Nancy Fuller, and Carla Hall. Carla, when you do these shows, and as me as a viewer, what do you what do you want us to take away from it? Well, I know it's entertainment and it's watching amazing uh, uh, a competition from a food perspective. What's what's our takeaway? Well, what, one of the things that I try to do for the home bakers and people who do that, who want to listen to us and also get feedback and what they can do at home, I try to describe not only what I'm tasting and the flavors that I'm tasting so that they can think of, oh, I wouldn't, I would not have, I would never have thought about those flavors going together. I also like to talk about technique so that they can understand um, some of the techniques that they can use to do some of these creations. I have to tell you though, and back to talking about Sanai and Renee and Aaron in this show, we saw a lot of crazy delicious, I mean, delicious, delicious dishes, but they were not lookers. I got to tell you, <laughs> we, we saw you, it's going to be an about face. I got to tell you, we saw a lot of, um, like, Ooh, Oh my God, that does. I don't want that. I don't want to eat that in my, Oh my gosh, that's delicious. Right. Like we saw a lot of ugly, delicious things. Awesome. Awesome. Now I, I, I don't, I, I, I want to talk about some of the things that is dear to your heart is your podcast that you launched in mid September. Uh, say yes. And reason I say that because you know what, when, when I look at the description of it, it's similar to some, I'm not saying it's a negative or anything. I just know that when you, when you meet somebody who has a similar passion of similar desire to make people uh, uh, uplift people with information, uh, that's what your podcast is all about because it shares. And to me, the reason it works, and that's why I took the time for people who know you only as a chef to hear your story, because your story is about pivoting. Your story is about uh -huh. when you see an opportunity, you go for it. And, and you're not and you're not uh, stopping yourself or limiting yourself. And so many people do that. And basically, that's the story behind why you launched Say Yes, correct? Correct. So my mantra is say yes, adventure follows, then growth. And sometimes the hardest thing is to say yes to something that is the unknown. Because the unknown is your adventure. And once you go through that, that adventure, then you're going to grow and then you move on to the other, the next 
Yes. And so what I wanted people to get out of this podcast is that a lot of celebrities, when, when you think that my life began on Top Chef or my life began on The Chew, there were so many other things that happened to me that formed this person who was on The Chew or the person that you see on television. And a lot of times people don't think about that. And so what I hope that people do is look at their lives and look at the tough times, the times that, that they're being built for something greater. And so if you, you, but you're only going to get to that greatness if you keep pushing forward and saying yes. Because we're all here for a reason. Most people never get to that reason because they are afraid or they're too safe and they want everything to be really easy. But if, if you say yes and take a chance on yourself and if you know that the universe is so much smarter than we are, that to put you in a position to grow, then you will get there. You know, um, she's a chef. She's a TV personality, author, motivational speaker. But more importantly, she's Carla Hall because she bet on herself. And when I when I when I go through her bio, when I the interview I've just had with her, my biggest takeaway is trusting yourself and saying yes, because you all know, Carla, we hear the word no a lot more than we hear the word yes. And so we have to push through the no's to get the yes. And that's a testament to who you are. And I just want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. You know, I was always a fan. And now I'm a bigger oh. fan and I'm going to support you uh, with, with on my social media. You know, I got like a million followers. I got a fan club over 90,000 fan club members. I'm going to post that. So always know with Rashawn McDonald, my platform is your platform. OK. Oh, thank you. This has been so refreshing. And just to hear your <laughs> your recap of my life. I'm like, wow, you know what? I did that. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm just saying is that, you know, just to hear from me, you know, the, sometimes people and, you know, you're, I'm telling you, this is your personality. It's very similar to mine is that you're not a, a person who sits around bragging or looking at a trophy and, and saying, this is what I've done. And you, you move on to the next step. And sometimes that's good and bad because that means you're always competing. You're always driving to the next opportunity and you tend to forget your story. And that's why I love that you created this podcast because you're going to slow down and you're going to do exactly what happened to me. Carla, you're going to find out how many people you've affected in such a positive way over the years that it's going to bring you to tears sometimes because you are a special young lady. Don't change. And God has put you on this earth and you're doing the gifts that he gave you to make people's lives better. So don't change. OK. Oh, thank you. Can I tell you one quick thing that I said yes to? And that's just, this is how my this is how the calls are with my mother. She, you think she's saying goodbye and then she starts over again. Uh -huh. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I. I said yes to Sherry Shepard to doing comedy mm -hmm. with Kim. Um, oh my God, Kim. Kim Whitley. Oh my God, Kim Whitley. Mm -hmm. So I did, I did a stand up. I thought Sherry was inviting me to her show mm -hmm. and I didn't read the text. She was inviting me to actually perform and they were so amazing and warm and, and encouraging because uh, when you when you were saying about stand up, it is one of the hardest things you could possibly do, and it, you are so vulnerable being on stage by yourself and looking at a bunch of people saying to you, "Make me laugh." Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, that that has got to be one of the most character building things ever. So, my hat goes off to you. 
Thank you. And um, yes. <laughs> My friend, my hat goes off to you. And like I said, Cheryl Shepard, a good friend of mine, Kim Whitley, uh, I, I gave her her first acting opportunity back on uh, Parenthood when I cast her as a clown. We always joke about that. So I know the impact <laughs> that I've had on people's lives. And I'm just letting you know that as you go into this podcast, you start to peel back the layers of your life. You start to realize the people you impacted at Howard, the people you impacted when you was at Pricewaterhouse, the people you impacted when you went to Paris, the people you impacted when you went to culinary school, the people you impacted when you was at restaurants, the people you impacted who watch you on Chew, the people you impact on a daily basis when they watch you on repeats of the Food Network or current episodes of the Food Network. You are an impactful young lady. Don't change. You're, you're a Southern girl. You got that. You went to D.C. You know about that. You, you, you 100 percent of who you are is built on on what people made you to be and that's from great parents and the people who loved you don't change thank you <laughs> Call us, I, 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 this is really interesting he's, 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 I just love talking to this guy he's cool <laughs> really seriously thank you good thank you so much we will talk soon You're, I'm a fan we talk soon okay Carla We'll talk soon. Yes. And uh, tell your staff to give me some videos, some uh, banners so I can promote all your things, especially the podcast. Say yes, especially your, your okay. upcoming banners so I can promote. So your 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 social media will not become my social media. OK, it's about it's oh, all about you, girl. You. It's all about you. OK, thank you. All right. Big time. We talk soon. Bye bye. Call. Okay. Hall. OK, talk soon. Mm -hmm. Bye. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee, and it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org radio. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversation. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads, the Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is... Kwame Johnson. He is the president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta. He's partnered with local leaders, celebrities, and influential men in Atlanta to give youth, especially young boys, every opportunity to succeed. I think relationships is something anybody can do. Anybody could be a mentor, right? It doesn't require a brand new government program, hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars. If everybody took on the challenge that that's made it, because if you ask people, how'd you get to where you are? I guarantee you most of them didn't do it on their own. If, you, if everyone else could take on that challenge, just think about what kind of city we can have in Atlanta. It's something we can scale. It's something we can all do and lean into. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and Welcome who back is genuine to in conversations. Their
I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest, Allie Brooks, is a native of San Antonio, Texas. I'm from Houston, Texas, so this is going to be a good call. All my calls are great, but when I get a Texan on the call, I, I'm even more special. She's a multi-platinum singer-songwriter, dancer, saw her with Dancing with Stars, actress and author of the newly released memoir, which I have read, Finding Your Harmony, Dream Big, Have Faith, and Achieve More Than You Can Imagine. She's a former member of the girl group Fifth Harmony, which kicked off her music career when the group was formed during the second season of the American singing competition, The X Factor, in 2012. She is now pursuing her solo career. Allie is on the show to talk about the inspiration behind the book, Finding Your Harmony, and the process of putting this book together, the messages about faith, her positive approach to life, and determination she is sharing with her story and being a remote and being a role model, I tell you, for young people. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my dear friend, Texan Allie Brooks. Mm. Hello. Oh, that was such an awesome intro. I am so happy to be on your show today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show because you're young people, young, but you're talking like an old person in this book, which is a good thing because that means that's a lot of maturity. It's a lot of maturity. Like it's an old spirit. You was you was premature born, you know. And they and yeah. I, when I was reading in the book, they were saying that the the number one um, fear is the lungs. The lungs can't, mm. but your lungs were strong, yeah. your strong lungs. So let's talk about uh, you as an individual, because I always find out when a young person writes a book, I go, what are they going to talk about? What are they going to talk about? You're so young, they haven't really right? lived life, okay? And then, but you lived <laughs> a lot of life, starting with you being a, a, a preemie. And let, let's talk about that and and your parents, your brother Brandon had already been born and living his life. I think he was four years, he's four years older than you, correct? Yes, that's right. And uh, and you you came out screaming, your parents, uh, and you're San Antonio. So I love the fact that your father can cook. So tell us about your father, because <laughs> I, I have a daughter. So uh, my daughter, I'm a you know daddy's girl, and I got the impression that your father, you know, the dad, great bond relationship, father daughter relationship. Tell us about your dad. Oh my gosh, well, I love my dad so much. I mean, my parents are are my everything, mm-hmm. and. Yes. So I, uh, yeah. So even though I'm, I'm super young, you can tell I've lived a lot of life. (laughs) (laughs) I've had so much come my way and I've learned a lot of lessons. Mm -hmm. My faith has been tested, but also strengthened in such extraordinary ways. And through me sharing my story, you know, just like similar to you, I have a purpose and, and, and plan and just hope to, bring inspiration to people, to bring hope to them, to bring um, positivity, you know, in such a crazy world. Um, but one of my foundations are my my parents mm-hmm. and my dad. He's so awesome. He's the life of the party. He loves to, you know, talk to everyone and be everyone's friend. But he's also such a hard worker and has a heart of gold. And um, both him and my mom, sacrificed so much for me to live out my dreams as you as you've read in the book and I've overcome so much together and my dad ooh he can cook he makes homemade tortillas now see right there right there like when you say flour tortillas in the book now see see my wife and I we get in arguments all the time because you know you know (laughs) we based in Houston she loves meal I, 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 I I can care less about meal flour tortillas though girl 
I'm telling you, when you're talking about he made the best in the world, see, you kind of made me mad there a little bit because, see, I love flour tortillas. And I'm going like, what could he be doing, Allie, that would make them the best in the world? Is that just love talk, family talk? Can your dad really throw down with the flour tortillas like that? Oh, yes, you can. I, like, seriously, mm-hmm. he just knows how to make them. He makes them handmade from scratch. They're the best of tortillas in the world. And each and every time I'm like, ooh, I eat like seven or probably ten. Just kidding. Just a lot. <laughs> In one city, you put the warm off the gomal and then you put butter. Ooh. See, see, it is me mad now. life changing. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm a, can I ask you this question? Can you cook though? I can, so I'm. No, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Ali, 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 Ali. You pause though. See, <laughs> see, you pause though. See, see, that's always no. strategic. I throw that question out. I've been listening no. for the, the boldness. See, you've been bold this entire interview. Then I asked you, <laughs> can you cook? You went, yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can oh, cook. I can. Cook. I can throw down the kitchen. <laughs> I made. I, I finally learned how to make flour tortillas during quarantine, and they are so good. They're not my dad's, but okay, they're still okay. awesome. Okay. I, okay. I more so bake, but I can make. Pasta, okay. I can make okay, okay. Um, see, see Allie, make Allie, let's stop. Let's stop all this right now. Because you, you just don't even know who you're talking to. When you use the, when you say the word bake, I am an award-winning baker, Allie. Okay? I Are mean, you serious? Absolutely. See, see, that's what I'm saying. You need to do no homework on your boy here. Your boy in love with you. You know, got all read your book. I know it backwards and forwards. I know your family member. I know about your cat Bobby. I know about everything. <laughs> But then you go throw out the word bake, didn't realize you were coming over in my territory. My territory. Now, <laughs> see, you, you, you're right. You totally roasted me right now. I, I, absolutely. 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 Because well, it's good roast. But I'm just letting you know before you throw out that it's word bake, room. I'm just like your daddy. I'm just like your daddy with them flour tortillas. See, what did you just say? I can, but just not, 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 not as good as my daddy, though. So you have to realize that you're talking to Rashawn, an award-winning baker. So you can continue your conversation oh. and brag to your fans and everything, but know who you're talking to now, okay? Continue with your beautiful oh, interview. You know what? You are so right. I apologize and wait. I have to make a trip to Houston and have your award-winning there uh, you go. Please, what's your there favorite you... thing to make? Well, you know, I can I can do anything. I can do uh, uh I can do uh, you know, I, I I'm a southern guy, so I do the peach cobblers, the German chocolate cakes, oh, the, the uh, apple turnovers, the peach turnovers. Uh, I I'm a big cheesecake oh, person. I'm a big cheesecake person, you know. So I do the apple stuffed and cheesecake with apple on top, with layer lined with pecans and put caramel on top. I put cherry, strawberry, you know. So cheesecake, because you know Texans love cheesecake. So I got the cheesecake right there down pat. So you can't mess with me on cheesecake. Then I throw down with the apple pies. Then I throw down with the the peach cobblers, the good southern stuff. And so, so I I, that's where I come. I come from the southern. Texas side of the table. Okay, so now I, I, I've thrown out my little baby menu. I just threw out about six items. A boy can do more because I got an app with 80 recipes. Okay, just let you know that. Okay, now. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what's going to happen is I'm going to go home in Texas and I'm going to make a trip to you and you're going to bake. No problem. I'll pay you whatever. That's phenomenal. Ellie, no problem. I come out there. Where are you based in LA? 
I'm in LA, yeah. Okay, but cool. I'm making a trip to San Antonio, okay, hopefully cool. soon. That's cool. So, because I come out to LA, my girl uh, Kelly Clarkson, last year, I did an entire Thanksgiving spread for Kelly Clarkson and her staff because I know everybody, Alex, do the EPs, yeah. and I do all of them. And I did a shock her. She couldn't believe She wasn't even going to come over there. And she was, I did, I did four turkeys, I did 15 desserts, all the trimmings, what? potato salad, pea and onion salad, uh, sweet uh, yams. Yeah, all this stuff. Yes, I know. Everything. And we're not talking about those tortillas, those, 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 those Doritos that you ate in the back of the bus. You know when you was frustrated <laughs> on too. I'm gonna just keep dropping little nuggets on you. Let you know I read your book. You, when you when you picked you know up what? that twenty pounds yeah. and you said you know in a five foot frame five twenty pounds really show really show. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you literally deserve a medal for all of the notes you've taken. You even mentioned my dear, wonderful cat, Bobby. I yes. swear, you deserve an award. First of all, your book was engaging. Let's let's go. We joking around, but but uh, well, I joke around because I'm I'm fascinated by a young mind being able to understand uh, her value and why she had to write this book because it's inspirational. Faith. You know, mm-hmm. being able to not 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 be um, uh, sex, not being uh, convinced that sex has to be the way your right of passage for womanhood. Because I have a twenty-three-year-old yeah. daughter; she is just like you. She's saving herself for her uh, marriage, and so I was really, I, I really wanted to let you know that you know, you know, and like I said, my daughter isn't doing anything unique. She's not trying to win a medal. It just here. That's something she's chosen to do, and not allowed it to be forced. As the, that's what you have to do. That you have to have sex. You have to has to be the part of yeah. if you want to be a woman. Totally. And let's talk about that part because that's important to young women, young men too, because they feel sometimes that's the only way they can gain manhood is by having a relationship yeah. like that it's with so a woman. True. Talk about that, uh, Allie. It's so true, and that's awesome of your daughter. Shout out to her. See, we're not alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> But for me, yeah, it's true. You know, a lot of people feel like they have to do that, um, you know, sometimes to to get someone or whatever. And for me, that was something that as you, you already know my book because you've read everything. You probably memorized it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. You know, yes. When I was 18, I had asked my parents for a true love weight swing. And I just decided to, to keep that vow and that promise. And again, like, I would never judge anybody who's made any different choice. That's just something that I I chose to share. And it's awesome to receive so much support and love from people who have made that same decision Mm -hmm. and people who haven't, you know, just to be able to own my truth and to be vulnerable with my fans and to have them support me has been so awesome. And and I just want to encourage people out there, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, just to own your own story, whatever that means to you and your own truth and to, to uh, be proud, you know, of yourself. Really? And uh, that's what this book is about yourself, being yourself, uh, standing up for who you are and yes. your own personal dreams. Yes. I'm talking to uh, Allie Brooke, um, former, now she has a solo career, Fifth, uh, Fifth Harmony, a uh, member of Fifth Harmony Group, uh, Finding Your Harmony, which is an appropriately named book that she has out right now. Dream big, have faith, and achieve more than you can imagine. When I when when I read that title and I think about a young lady who, along the way, you had your teacher, I believe, Miss Merrill, Miss Merrill, and then you had wow, uh, yeah, then you had the God coach, and then you had the coach, and then you wow. had Dana. So each one, and, and I always wow. tell people. 
and people always ask me about my life. They always, I, I call those people bumps. You know, people come into your life and they just mm. they just feel they need to push you in the direction because you don't yes. see what the gift that you have. And and, and mm. I, that's why I really I'm really impressed with you because I always tell people, despite all the success I've I've I had in my life up to that point, it wasn't until I was in my forties that I really appreciated and understood who I was. Mm. Because of the fact that I was riding on those statements, Allie, you know, right place, right time, you know, knock on wood, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. all those cliches that had nothing to do with <laughs> faith, had nothing to do with uh, yeah. uh, the talent that God gave you, had nothing to do with the inspiration yes. and your purpose. And this book is about yes. you have found your purpose. You've always known your purpose, mm. but people had to push you like your teacher, yes. like the coach, like Dana. So let's start wow. with the teacher and how she shaped your life. And then we're going to go to the coach and then we're going to go to Dana who got you to L.A. OK, let's go through the steps. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you again so much for taking your time to to do the research and to really um, grab my book and to to cherish each and every moment and character and story that means the world to me sir i really want to say thank you because no one has done this amount of um research and 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 care uh, about my book as you have so god bless you and i just thank you sir um but also yes so third grade i was uh singing in recess and then my teacher Sent, just singing, uh, just, just singing, huh, Allie? Just, just, just singing, <laughs> just singing. <laughs> just like that. I didn't expect you probably sounded better than me. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Don't, don't, don't tell that lie. I can bake now, but I can't sing, okay? <laughs> you, you can leave that to me. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, she changed my life, and she asked my mom if I could sing in chapel and my mom was like, Oh my gosh, of course. She was so excited and flattered, but she didn't really think anything of it until she saw me in chapel and my, you know, her and my parents, her and my dad were amazed. And Mrs. Merrill said, you know, you need to nurture her gift and um, change my life. If it wasn't for Mrs. Merrill, I may not have ever really pursued singing. You know, my parents may not have ever really seen, Oh, you know, our daughter has a voice. And from then, I uh, my parents put me into a local organization in San Antonio called Network for Young Artists. And this wonderful man named Coach, another person to change my life, he uh, ran this, this uh, performing arts program. And you had to audition to get in. And he welcomed me with open arms. He saw the talent in me. I was super shy at that age. And he encouraged me and pushed me to say, hey, you know what? You're awesome. You have a gift. You can do this, but you have to work on your shyness. And he gave me that chance to perform um, around my hometown and, you know, all over Texas. I I went to McAllen and Austin and other other places. And, um, you know, again, Coach gave me that opportunity to, to truly perform for the very first time. And then it wasn't until I went on this audition years later um, with my friend. It wasn't even my audition. I went with her to the talent show, and she auditioned. I wasn't going to. Then somehow I, crazily enough, ended up singing. And an actress named Dana Barron 
who was the very first Audrey in National Lampoon's Vacation, was there. And she pulled me aside, you know, she, and she was like, listen, I'm, I'm not a part of this uh, this talent show. I'm just filling in, but you moved me and you brought tears to my eyes. You're, you're so incredible. I know this sounds crazy, mom, you know, mom and dad, but I would love to take your daughter to LA and introduce her to all these agents and casting directors. I promise this is real, legitimate. And, and then my parents prayed about it and were so thankful and couldn't believe they were meeting her because they were a fan. Um, and then they said, yes. And I, at 12 years old, packed up and went back and forth from San Antonio to Los Angeles to pursue a dream. And Dana Barron got me to L.A. And that changed my life forever. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and car shield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 dollars a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money m-o-n-e-y or visit carshield.com and use code money m-o-n-e-y to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com code money a deductible may apply Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Now, the reason she was going back and forth because she had to get back for Christmas and get those tamales. See, the tamales. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. You know, you know. I mean, our house, it's not Christmas without tamales. Come on, down. Come on, that girl. The tamales. Come on. Woo, that cornmeal. Yes, put that exactly. little, it's, you know, something like the tamales. And, and a lot of people don't know about tamales. You know, you that's really a Tex-Mex come down in Texas area where tamales rule. They rule. Absolutely. It's really, it's really the simplest thing in the world to make. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, it's yes. Yeah, so the ingredients are simple, but the the process is there hard. There you go. It is hard. I but was, I was checking you, Ellie. I was just checking to see if you knew. <laughs> you were checking to see if I knew my stuff. That's, that's right. Cool. See, I, I gotta check you now on the food. Now singing, you got me all day long. But on that food, I'm always checking <laughs> if you're an eater yes. or a maker. You know what I'm saying? You are more of an eater yes. to me. You know, but you're a good oh, watcher though. Oh yes. <laughs> I could eat. <laughs> I could eat like literally forty in one sitting. No joke. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so okay. Yes, let's get this. Let's get these numbers right. Twelve flour tom- tortillas, <laughs> forty tamales. That's fifty-two items. A five-foot singing genius is eating. So, guys, listen up now. Listen up. The girl can eat. Don't let the frame fool you. You heard it on Money Make Conversation. You heard it on Money Make Conversation, okay? She puts some butter on those flour tortillas and she go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man, you got me crying over here. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
continue. That's why she had to come back to Texas, y'all. I'm just letting parents, they were there. Brandon, the brother, was there. Grandma was there. Okay. Grandpa. Grandpa was there too. But it was them doing tamales. Put a little meat in, put a little pork in between that cornmeal. You you close it up, then you wrap it up in that little that little shell, then you drop them standing on one end into this pot. You kind of like you steam them. You steam them. And then you pull them out. And you put a little salsa on top of green or red, whatever you prefer. Or if you're crazy, you put a little chili on top of them too. Some people do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't want to mess up a good tamale. That's new Sean style. Come on. Alley. You weren't you weren't ready for this interview, Alec. You weren't really ready. I I don't know why they put you on this phone with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're actually, you're having a good time talking to a stranger. That's what you're doing. <laughs> I am having the best time. I think this is hands down the best interview I've ever done, and I love. Okay. I am talking to Ali Brooke from San Antonio. Listen up, guys. She's five foot tall. She can sing. But boy, you put a knife and fork in front of her, you're going to get a beast. And if it's some tamales, <laughs> Lord have mercy, she's going to knock you out the way. Because she's a beautiful person it's like so that. True. I know this. You know, because the competition, you know, so this is what I love about your book. This is what I love about your book. See, I knew I was going to get along good with you because at the, at the very start of her book, you know, she thanks her mom, says she's such yeah. a blessing. Then she thanks her dad. And about a few more pages in, after she, you know, talks about her being a preemie, then she gets to her dad and talks about everything he can cook. He's the best cook. That's a, I mean, like, it almost turns into like a, a cookbook. That, 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 it really does. I, I, I was really hungry does. on that page. I got hungry. I went, this girl can eat. She loves food. She has a passion. She might have a passion for singing, but she loves good food. And Tex-Mex, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Blanco, that was your Blanco. Blanco, what's the name of the restaurant in Tanatonia? Yes, yeah. I swear. You get the medal. <laughs> I'm making a medal for you. You get a medal. You know everything about this book. God bless you. Yes, Blanco Cafe. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 some, know some, Alec. I'm tired of, I'm tired of like, you know, front. I, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm just a stalker. I'm just a stalker. I'm a stalker for talented people <laughs> who like tamales and flour tortillas. <laughs> Same here. We're best to find each other. <laughs> oh my God. You know, you know, you, let's just get back to this book. And actually we've been talking about the book because she, t I told her the truth when she's coming back and forth. It's mentioned in the book, tamales for Christmas. That's why I know about that. So that's why she's laughing. She can't believe I pulled that out. And when I pulled the restaurant I name out, she can't this believe I put that. The restaurant name that really messed her up. That messed her up really bad, right that there. <laughs> she said he knew the name of my favorite restaurant. That is so obscure. It's only mentioned one time. One time. <laughs> he knew about the Doritos in the back of the bus. He knew about that. He what knew about going? that. He, he knew, knew about that. that. He knew he knew that. that was, Who that knew that? Okay, in 2012, how it all started, you know, you didn't want to audition. Your mom, here's, here's a funny part of this, the harsh book. Her dad, her dad is a great champion. Aww. Whenever he came around and he saw an opportunity to get his daughter to the next level, he asked her to sing on the spot. Come on, baby, sing. 
cállese. Como la flor. Alice, that made me so mad. My dad, I, and I, sing, girl. Let the, let the, do God's work. Come on, do I'm God's like, work. Okay, dad. Do God's work. Come He's on, slow sing. <laughs> Okay, let's let's get back to your wonderful book. That, that's also in the book, by the way. Everything I'm talking about, she's laughing so hard, but everything I'm talking about is in this book. It's an amazing, it inspirational book. She's laughing so hard because she's never heard anybody. You know, because, you know, she's famous. You know, that's the beauty of famous people. Like, and, they, and a lot of people want to interview them because they're famous. And, and, they, and then, but they don't do, they don't look inside and realize why this person's special. And Allie Brooks, Allie Brooks, excuse me, is an amazing oh. person. Uh, uh, reason I, I kind of keep saying Ollie, some, every once in a while, I apologize, because her brother inspired her name because of Ali. And so that he, he said he knew that too. Okay, I'm done with him. Yes, I'm done with him. I'm, I'm really to do his part with. I, I love this man. You have permission to be like the godfather of my child because <laughs> you know everything about my story. God bless you. God bless you. No, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Thank you. Now I will be there for you too. Like I said, uh, I'm, uh, my, this is the thing about uh, what I love about. Uh, it was a sad moment in the book when it comes to uh, one of my all-time favorite singers, and that's Selena, who Yay. was tragically murdered at the age of 23 years old and was a, has been an inspiration for your career. reason I know because her so well, because at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, she set a record because on Sunday night was Latino yes. night. Or Hispanic night on Sunday yep. night. And, uh -huh. it all, and it was always the, the biggest crowd every year has always been Sunday night at the Houston Livestock Show Rodeo. And she came down there mm -hmm. and um and looked great, fine as all get up. Mm -hmm. But she mm -hmm. was she was a, she was a, a crossover act. That's what I loved about. It. She was crossover cuz she appealed to me. Her talents, yes. her graciousness. And let's talk a little bit. Even today, uh, in Houston, they had some, uh, I think, some um, some uh, Selena candles. Uh, and they sold out in the hour. Wow. You know, T-shirt. They sell out. Any type of memorabilia is always always sells out strongly in the, uh, in the mm. Latino community. So she has been an inspiration to you at a young age. She died when she was 23 years old. And now you've been an inspiration mm. now for women today. And I just think that's handy in hand that that you are carrying on her legacy uh, not only from uh, for who you are and also from the fact that because she was born near the area where you where you're from and uh just talk about her as an inspirational uh person and your message that you're trying to deliver from this fantastic book that i had such a great time reading finding your harmony by, by ali brooke oh my gosh well thank you so much for that that means Man, more than I could ever say. I just, I just love Selena so much. I have since I was literally in, in diapers. And 
What I loved about her the most was her beautiful, just radiant spirit. She shined so much light and love to her fans, to her family. She made people believe that they could chase their dreams. And for me, you know, even a young Mexican American little girl, seeing someone who looked like me, who was able to, in a way, reach her dreams was so beautiful and powerful for me. And her voice, her message, she was a, she was a positive role model for so many people. And I can just go on and on about why I love her. And again, it's just all about her extraordinary spirit. She just shines so bright and it still makes me so sad, but at the same time, I know that her legacy is being carried on generation after generation. And that's what I felt, you know, when I was young, I always said, I want to honor her wherever I can. And I, I, I sing, you know, uh, her songs and pay tribute to her whenever I can. And the fact that I can write about her in my book is an honor. Um, and it was, it's, it's just incredible because Recently, last year, I got to become friends with Suzette Quintanilla and, and her family, you know, mm-hmm. Selena's family. And that was just a highlight of my whole life. Um, but that's my goal is to just continue to spread her beautiful legacy for as long as I live because she was that incredible of a human. Well, I'm going to tell you, you are incredible. I uh, had a, such a fun time. Our time is up. I don't want to, you know, uh, no! ruin our relationship. It's over with. It's uh, Alec, uh, Alec, look, you know, you probably need to go. Well, you're in, you're in Los Angeles, so you can't do anything there. But eat, the tamales are in San Antonio and the flour, flour tortillas in San Antonio. But you can bake something. But uh, the beauty of why I brought you on the show is to let people know Beyond singing, because a lot of people just see people as a singer for the gift that they know. Yes. And I just wanted uh-huh. people to know how fun you are, how relatable you are, mm. and how, how and, the, and you have such a tremendous passion to change lives. That's what you get when you read this book. You, I, I, I found wow. it, the detail. I found the, you know, the, I'm just going to break it down. You know, she was a, she was a, she was a preemie. Okay, and um, we know the mortality rate on that for girls that are stronger than boys. It's written in the book. I'm just you know, um, you know, she's from a a Hispanic community. Like I'm from a black community. A lot of people tell us we ain't going to make it. They tell us who what we can be. Yeah. Stay in that lane. And our parents didn't yes. believe that. Our parents yes. didn't believe that. And, uh, and 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 so and even you know when she when she was blessed to get on the show X Factor and become a part of Fifth Harmony, mm-hmm. she realized that wasn't her dream. You know, and she's living her dream now. It, it realized it so much that it caused her to gain weight. It caused her to to uh, as they say redirect her pain and she re- redirect her pain yes. to eating. And she overcame that. So yeah. you, have a, you have a discussion about that in the book, which is relatable to a lot of young people, male and female. And then she talks mm-hmm. about, you know, going out on faith and going out there. And when you go out on faith or you go out there and you're in the unknown, a lot of people don't because they the unknown is what it is. You know, you have to trust yourself. You have to have mm-hmm. people around you. And you've mm-hmm. done that. Your parents around you, Will's around you, Charles mm-hmm. around you, you know. Wow. All these people have been around you. And um, I just, I wish you much success. Now, I have a home in Houston and I have my headquarters in Atlanta, oh. Georgia. So if you ever get to Atlanta, oh my gosh. Uh, br- come by I'm my- in Atlanta. 
I'm in Atlanta right now. I'm filming my very first movie with Kelsey Grammer. You kidding me? That's crazy. <laughs> wow. My, my headquarters wow. right here in Atlanta. Right, right here in Atlanta. So, just like I said, uh, you ever have to... I got to get your information. Okay. And we've got to make something happen because you are so awesome. I'm so blessed to even just talk to you and the fact that you cherish and value my story and what matters to me and okay. my family and mm-hmm. those who... Who who paved the way for me? It's 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 a real blessing, sir. Just just thank you from the bottom of my heart for for knowing um, what's important to me and for sharing that with your audience and and understanding my heart. You know, it's not about oh just the singer. No, it's about the heart and the spirit and the story. So I thank you for for valuing that. And we have to. Keep in touch and stay in touch. So you got to give me your info. Okay, well, let me say goodbye to everybody. Hold on, and we're we're spreading info after that. Okay, this has been money making okay, conversation awesome. with my fantastic guest, Allie Brooke. That's Brooke with an E, E, and uh, finding your harmony. Uh, she's fantastic. Uh, dream big, have faith, which is very important. She's had has had it all in life. Her family is tied to faith. Um, is amazing. Achieve more than you can imagine. That's an important part of this conversation because, you know, we, we tend to limit our dreams based on where we come from. And that's what that line is mm. saying. Achieve more than you can imagine. And if you mm. have faith and you dream big, you can find your own harmony. My next guest, I'm happy to have him on the phone. Uh, He's Rashid Wallace. He's a Philadelphia Sports Hall of Famer and 16-year NBA veteran, four-time NBA All-Star. He's a philanthropist, activist, high school basketball coach, and co-host of Let's Get Technical, podcast with his former NBA teammate, Bonzi Wells. Rashid is dedicated to helping his community and bringing people together. He provides food and resources to underserved communities in cities including Philadelphia, Charlotte, Durham, Flint, Detroit, and has been a leading voice into the calling for an end to gun violence, police brutality and racial injustice please welcome to money making conversations rashid wallace hey hey thanks for having me (laughs) had a lot to say about you rashid had nothing to do basketball i just said the basketball in the beginning but after that man you're all about the community man tell us about that transition man from the nba to be a person that has a voice that's not tied you know you always be known with sports you always that's part of your Mm -hmm. brand but you know to step out there you can use six feet 11 almost seven feet tall so you're always going to make a interest in any room that you enter but but your brand of what you're trying to be known for now what is it um, just, just being a good person yes, just sir. to sum it up, you know, I just, I just try to be me, do what I can do. Um, the most high has put me in a position where I can help others. Um, as you mentioned on your intro, you know, different people have different, different signs of success. And it's just a majority of people base their success. Like you say, off of money, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't base my success off of money because Hey, just as fast as it come, it can go. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. to me, I, I look at what, what, what am I going to leave behind? What am I here for? What am I doing now while I'm here? To me, that's my success. You know, I could just be sitting at home, a couch potato, you know, retired, but I, I choose not to. I choose to be out there in the streets in the, in the midst of it all to try to, to get to get life right, to get things right in our community for our people to make it better. And, you know, being and it's really interesting because you can't avoid who you are. You're nearly seven feet tall. So no matter where <laughs> right. you go, you're going to gain attention. When you come in, there, you're a good looking guy, you're tall, you dress right. And so with that attention, you can't avoid who you, what you've been or what you're trying to accomplish in life. Uh, 
And so when you talk about, you're right, money can go. Man, 2008, people found that out. The stock market crashed. Don't know that money went left, right, and out of everybody's mm-hmm. pockets. And so that put a big old signal. And so when I see that you all over the country caring about different locations and places of need. How does that exactly work? Do you have a staff? Do you just, you, you watching television? You just have an urge to contribute? How does that work with your, with your, with your organization, Rashid? It's not even an organization. It's just all from the muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have time to sit back and, and get proper clearance to go here and then get this permit and that permit because right. by the time those things happen, you know, your your cause is lost. People need these resources now, not a couple of months from now when people downtown decide to stamp it and now it's a permit, okay, we can do it. No. They don't they, they need the help now. And that's that's always been the thing. It's you know, just trying to trying to do what I could do. I seen it growing up in my neighborhood. I got my I guess you could say my community love. Right. I got from my babysitter when I was a young fella. Right. My babysitter was block captain. And so being that block captain, she was responsible for how the block look, you know, all the all the other homes, you know, the front houses and you know how everything looked. And to me seeing that growing up was like, okay, dad, Miss Cora, she she really into, you know, into her neighbors and this and that. And then it just went on from there, you know, just showing different <laughs> love and, and, yeah. and doing and doing this and doing that. So I mean, I, I get a joy out of it, man. It's you know, I spent my birthday up in Flint um, a couple of weeks ago. My birthday was on the 17th. Mm-hmm. I spent my birthday in Flint uh, passing out resources to the people that needed it, man. And and to me, that was my birthday present. You Thank know, you. when I knocked on them doors, you know, me and me and the other brothers and sisters that were out there, and we knocking on them doors and we dropping these packages off and to see the smile on a lot of these people's faces, like, like, yo, that's that's it for me. That's 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 what I do it for. I don't do it for no recognition. I could care less about a TV camera being out there or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I do it for the people. Well, you know, so would you would you be in there? Tell us, uh, my listeners, and sometimes in some situation viewers, what are what is going on in Flint right now? You was up there passing out care packages, mm-hmm. so there's still a need to be doing that. So, what exactly from a from a social standpoint, political standpoint, what are they doing for those people up there? Well. Everyone thinks that it's settled because the state of Michigan gave the residents of Flint $600 million. Right. But that's, that's not a lot of money because breaking it down, it's only going to come out to something about, I think, like 1300 to 1500 per person who was affected by this. And then you have to prove that you lived in this community or, you know, through doctor's notes or whatever, I guess, that you have, uh, you know, these illnesses from the lead being in the water. So you pretty much got to prove it. Right. To me, I, I see it all. I see I see the kids up there. You know, I, I, when it first happened, I'm up there in the community. And I, I, I really wish I still had the picture. I know my cousin might. But we, we took samples of the water. Like, man, this, this water was so burnt. Just imagine if you lived out in the field, right? right. It was mm-hmm. a big rainstorm. And you went out there and you got some mud from the mud pile. And you put it all in a bottle and that, and that whole muddy water. That's how this was up in Flint. Really? And this, and this is a, yes, this is a catastrophe. Like, it, it wasn't no lie. When you saw pictures of this uh, contaminated water looking lime green and, you know, doo-doo brown and all mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. that, that was real. And, and this is what they're trying to tell the people that you got to bathe in, you got to drink it. You know, just cooking, think about our kids cook. in elementary mm-hmm. scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cooking, 
you know, everyday life, we take, we take it for granted how much we use water every day. You know, when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? You know, you take your shower, brush right. your teeth and all of that, right? Right. Then, as you just mentioned, water for your cooking, your, you know, your coffee or your tea. You know, every day. And these, they have to live out of, of, of um, with bottled waters, with gallon bottled waters. You know, and you got to heat this up. This is how you got to wash up. Wash up taking bird baths. You know, and it's mm. just a certain area in Flint. Now, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tapping to your emotions because I, I know you're always in the NBA. You've always shown me you're an emotional guy and you're seeing this because a lot of this stuff is out of your hands. You know, you can't do anything or she you can go up there, you can pass it out. But, you know, this is only like, like they say, a band aid over a gunshot. Really? That's all it is. Right. And so how do you how do, how do you walk away from that? And and how do you maintain some de- degree of uh, not just wanting to punch somebody in the face for being stupid because they see the same thing you see and they have the power to uh, correct that problem? Yeah, fact. And but the people that, that have the power to correct the problem are dragging their feet. Right. You know why? Because them, their family and loved ones don't live in this area. Right. Here it is. Like like it's it's one specific um, area where we go to in Flint, where it's uh, it's a majority of elderly people living. So you know, of course, they can't get out there to that grocery store. You know, no mm-hmm. matter if they got younger people in their family or not, you might might not be able to get out there. Or you know, you live you and your husband, or you and your wife. You know, y'all elderly living by yourself. It takes y'all you know some time to be able to go out and do things. Well, that's why we here. You know, and we we, we I, I don't have no problem with going door to door. You know, because it's, it's first of all, it's all a peaceful matter. And if if the people like to want the resources, boom, I'm gonna leave them or sit them inside the door. If not, it's no problem. You know, I still hope you have a blessed day. Right. So it's 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 all about it's all about just just as you mentioned the the look on those people's faces when we leave, and for us to say like, yo, we'll be back up in a couple months. You know, right. we're gonna get the resources together again. Like like they look forward to that. It's like almost like you know a Christmas to some people because it's like. Through the city, through the state, they don't care about them. They don't. But we got to let them know, hey, look, y'all still are brothers and sisters. We care about y'all. We care what's happening to y'all. And right. that's why we're here. Now, you know, that's what, now there's a number of cities that I missed. You know, Clinton is pretty obvious what's going on. Flint, excuse me, pretty obvious what's going on. I mentioned Philadelphia, Charlotte, Durham, and Detroit as some of the cities that you you went in and underserved communities. Can you uh, tell us what you're doing in Philadelphia, what you've been doing? Because I like really the people to hear your story because, you know, man, you're all over the country, you know, and, 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 and participating mm-hmm. and trying to make change. And I know you say, hey, man, I don't care if a camera not there or or, 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 or Somebody's not there taking pictures, but I wish they are. I hope they are. I've seen you on social media. I've seen it because we need to have this story told because you're, you're living it and it needs to be documented. And and, I, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show. Hey, hey, man, I know I'm a big fan of your NBA career, but man, what you're doing in the community is is, is amazing, man. And the, so what, what do you what was the challenges in Philadelphia? Well, the first thing we're doing um, coming up October 16th and 17th, mm-hmm. um, the 16th, myself, um, Leonard Stewart, who's the coach at Simon Grass High School and all the powers to be at Grass High School, we're trying to put together a, um, a memorial for a former player who 
got killed to some senseless gun violence. Wow. And um, and so we're going to put a, a rally together, you know, to drop the guns and get some hugs or, you know, any type of slogan like that. But the main catch is it's all about peace. You know, mm-hmm. for us to, we always talking about, oh, the white man is the white man that, well, guess what? Well, if you help yourself out first, you know, you can't blame him for everything. Mm-hmm. You can't blame the white man for everything because we do a lot of it to ourselves. Right. So if we, right. if we gain that knowledge and, and, and one thing I like to say is positivity is power. You know, even though negativity travels faster, everybody's spreading it more and saying it more, but guess what? The power of positivity is, can travel just as fast. You, all you got to do is get that right moment with the right people to touch other people. Now you, and what we have going on is the drop the gun. Drop the and gun. October 17th, we're going up to Lonnie Young Recreation Center in um, East Germantown. And we'll be stationed there and we're going to do the same things that we do in Flint and in other places where we're knocking on door to door, passing our resources. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit CarShield com and use code money M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield.com code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's hard right now for everybody out here, man. I know it really is. It really is. And then when you when you want to be a voice to end gun violence, pro- police brutality, and racial injustice, you know, we all know during the pandemic, the, uh, I would tell people, man, you know, I'm older than you, and so uh, I don't, you know, the fact that I'm not comfortable when a police officer pulls me over, even though I know I've mm-hmm. done nothing wrong, that, that that's not fair. That's not fair, Rashid. And and, mm-hmm. and and what happened to George Floyd kind of ignited, not just black people, white people finally kind of saw. And, you know, it was like a perfect storm, pandemic, they're at the house, they're getting to watch something that everybody kind of knew, their parents knew for sure. The young people were being shielded by it. They opened their eyes and go, okay, that's why I enjoy mm-hmm. seeing so many white people marching. I like that. That brings up, that brings joy to my heart. And so when you're talking about battling or trying to bring attention to it, how, what, what role are you playing in all of that, Rashid? Just, just being there for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I mentioned, it's not about the cameras or whatever. If I know I have some celebrity friends, you know, ex teammates or whatever that can spare their time. Yes, sir. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily need money. Like I tell everybody, they always, oh man, how can I, how can I donate this and that? I say, hey, first off, I'm not, a, I'm not a foundation. I'm not an organization. I do this from the muscle. So what you're going to have to do is, I'll, I'll let you know the, the store that we're using. Like up when I was going up to Flint, we used the uh, Walmart that was in Detroit. Mm-hmm. 
everybody who wanted to, who couldn't be there to want to chip in, you know, to get the water and resources. Okay. Call a Walmart it's purchased. And then we're putting it on our truck on one of the pallets on our truck to go up there. So it's that way, you know, you getting it right there. It's not, it's not, uh, have to go through this funnel or that funnel. No, them resources are going right there. If you want to buy uh, $200 worth of baby diapers, then guess what? It'll be there. $200 worth of baby diapers. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, I don't, I don't want to become an organization to where I have people doubting me, doubting what I'm doing and thinking that their money like, Oh man, you know, that money ain't doing nothing. They just, that's a scam. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not a scam. You know, I'm I'm right there with it, and uh, it, it can't be. Right. We know it's important that you say that because people do question you. You know, when you, you're a successful person. He's just out here temporarily. That's why I like what you said. You tell the people you come back because people don't, they think it's a one-off. And you are a celebrity. Yeah. You're a star. And so, oh, he's down here just to make himself feel good this week. But when you come back, that validates you to the community. It really does. And I, I've been in that mm-hmm. position. I've been in that position where I've spoken to average students that these are one step away from going to jail if they make one more mistake. And their biggest cry to me was, no, nah, you ain't going to come back. Yeah. What you going to get up out of here? Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, your time's up. OK. And they get that little half clap, you know, Rasheed. That you, yep. And so but but I had to come back every week before I got them to believe that I cared about them. And that's really hard. And that's why, you know, when I'm talking to you, you understand what I'm saying. It's like that's why I understand why you went to high school coaching. I'm sure because you, you wanted to reach these kids and show that you care. Plus, you have a you, your success story in the sport that they want to play. You went to college and then you proceeded mm-hmm. to last in the NBA for 16 years. You was an all-star. So so that's really you're an example. You're using your life as an example to them, I'm assuming, correct? Oh, definitely, because I'm definitely not coaching for the pay, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said the muscle now. But, Come on, Rasheed. You said the bro, muscle now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, that, that, that high school basketball, it's, it's nice. I love it. You know, it's, I have the chance to help mold and guide these young kids into becoming something in their lives. Right. You might not necessarily be a professional athlete, yes. but you will be a professional athlete. Actually, this past season, I had what? I had five seniors. Yes, sir. Well, I, don't, I can't take credit for three of them for the simple fact they were playing um, football, so they already were it was just the fact that they're athletic and could play basketball. But I had two guys on it who were seniors and ended up on college. And I know it wasn't a big time college or whatever, but guess what? It was the college to help them advance their life. Right. To get that preparation. Right. And that's and that's what it's all about. That's what I love. You know it's a hard road. Really? Guess what? Hey, that's why I coach here. Absolutely. You know, and like I said, like you said, the thing that to your mantra had always been, it's not about the money. And so I, I didn't expect mm-hmm. it. When I was talking about high school, I wouldn't expect you to say they're paying you because we know that's not the case. We know that you're there to change lives. And when I look at your whole agenda, it's about changing lives. Now, now you have mm-hmm. a podcast and, and it's called uh, Let's Get Technical. 
Um, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's uh, tied to some things you you did in your career in the NBA. <laughs> uh, right, see, since you set the record, you know, can, 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 can I tell everybody about the record you set in 2000, 2001? Received 41 technical fouls over a span of 80 games, about one technical foul for every two games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was going through your mind that season, Rashid? Oh man, I had a lot of things. You know, I had some some family things, and right. then, you know, just just some of the pressures of just just playing and and wanting to win, right? And you know, playing against great adversaries at that time. Um, it was it was also a fact of you know, the, in my opinion, they tried to control me, right? And like, I know I'm a grown man. You're not going to control me. I'm respectable. I'm not going to do nothing stupid to jeopardize my job, right? But but damn, let me be me. <laughs> I'm gonna do my work, and and then you know, it all it all came out in the end when you know I was vindicated through certain actions. And you know, it's really important. Like you're on there with Bonzi Well. So I'm I'm a, I'm based in Atlanta right now, but I'm from Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So I know Bonzi Well, Ball State baller. You know when he was yeah. with the Houston Rockets, and you ran to him up in Portland when he was in Portland, right? When he was drafted by the yep. Trailblazers, right? So did y'all yep. bond immediately, or is just a relationship that kind of like grew out, and you guys just because you know you got traded several times, and so did he? How did you guys maintain mm-hmm. this relationship? Well, it was first. Bonzi's my rookie. You know, that's that's my guy right there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my rookie in Portland. We drafted him, and when he came, like truth be told, I didn't know nothing about Bonzi mm-hmm. because um, at the time, you know, the the powers to be that were in the front office wasn't pretty much sharing who they had uh, ideas of drafting or any of that. They didn't share that with us. So, which was fine with me. Hey, I ain't got no problem with it, but. When Bonzi first came in there and the first practice that uh, that we had, you know, he was a little timid. Mm-hmm. He was a little timid because mm-hmm. he didn't know quite what to expect because it was all new for him because six months before, he was just watching this on TV. Right. And here it is now. <laughs> he's in practice with it. So, you know, so let me ask you, the Rasheed, that, that really does affect players like that? You know, to come in and see you guys and realize they are on the floor with you guys. Does it really affect players like that? Oh yes, it does. It does. It's it's it's, it's everybody gets starstruck, mm-hmm. especially if it's a player you like. Like I can when I first came into the league, man. Let me tell you this: Patrick Ewing was my guy. Right. All right. Right. And so I came into the league playing against Pat. Pat bust my ass, but I'm mainly. <laughs> I'm mainly still in awe, like, yo, damn, I'm playing against Pat Ewing. And mm-hmm. here it is, boom, he's dunking on me. Right. Oh, I'm playing against Pat Ewing, <laughs> and he hitting a little fadeaway jump shot. I'm like, man. So, yeah, we, we get starstruck. But right. Bobby snapped out of it within the first week, though. Right. And once he came around, we seen he was a dog. Oh, yeah, young fella, you're you going to be good on this team. Come on. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, I'll be remiss to talk about uh, you You got to play against Michael Jordan. You mm-hmm. know, I, I didn't – all I was just a fan, just watching the guy and do – give us your impression of playing against this guy and uh, his, his abilities and his talents on the basketball court. We were just talking about the basketball court and Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say he's probably one of the – top competitors that I've ever seen and played against, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and literally he wants to beat every game. <laughs> I'm talking about it could be anything like you guys could be playing pig or horse right? or like, Oh, I bet you that 
I could throw this this football farther than you. Right. Oh no, you can't. He wants to be. He's that competitive where he wants to beat every game, and that's what that's what drove him. That's what that's what drove him to be the the player that he was throughout his career. Because I'm going to be the best. Right. You better be ready because I'm coming. I'm going to be the best. And playing against him, it was the same thing I just mentioned about Bonzi. I was in all two the first time I played against Mike when I was in uh, Washington. Right. You know, because again, I'm 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 watching this man. You know, up in a dunk contest and in the championships, and boom! Now here I am. I got a front row seat to see this brother. Right. So it was it was definitely fun, but he's a hell of a competitor. Cool. Now, now you got a hell of a competitor on your podcast show. Let's get technical. Now, we talked a lot of things about the community. What is your podcast show and what, what is your interview angle and what is your approach? And what, is, what is the, the point of view of your podcast show? Let's get technical with Bonzi Wells. Well, Bonzi and I, our, our main thing is to get information out there and have fun with it to be different. You know, there are a lot of professional athletes who have their own lane. Mm-hmm. and dealing with uh, podcasts and, you know, some YouTube stuff and all of that. But Bonzi and I, of course, we're different, two different personalities. But we want to let the people know from our point of view. You right. know, we're there. We're, we're, we're there in the communities. You know, Bonzi does community work as well up there in Indiana where he lives at. Um, our, 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 our whole show is just more than basketball. Yes, it is. We're more than basketball. Even though that's our... That was our job, but, you know, we want to be known for having some insight on football, boxing, baseball, uh, you know, a whole lot of social injustice that's going on now. Um, just a lot of things. We touch on every topic. Now, the interesting thing, I'm just letting you know, Bonzi is a, is a hoot, as they say, my, as my mom would say. He's a hoot. He's funny. He's entertaining. <laughs> uh, you know, he's uh, sarcastic. And so their personalities blend because, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rashid's a little bit more edgier than Bonzi. But they're both passionate, but they have different ways to get mm-hmm. to the passion. And that's why I enjoy seeing the show. I've seen a couple of episodes. I laugh because of the fact that, you know, even in the in the in the booth, there's a height difference. Okay. In the <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's really cool. But I, I have you written a book yet, Rashid? Uh, I have a couple of children's books. Okay, cool. The the reason I want to bring up this famous line, Ball Don't Lie. First time I heard it. And 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 Reason I I, I want to close the show talking about that because it's more than just about basketball. When I really broke it down, and and it's about life. Don't lie. It's about effort. And I don't want to mm-hmm. get too far in the description because I wanted to be said out of your voice, out of your tone, out of your language because of the fact that you know you you and, and when I first heard you say it, you know, I was like that's so profound. And then when I did my research, I went, wow, this this really applies to corporate America. This doesn't just apply. This mm-hmm. applies to education. This applies to what the, what what America is going through right now. It doesn't lie. You know, brutality, the COVID-19, the economy, the indifference between uh, racial indifferences that we have in America because the ball don't lie. In the end, it tells the truth. Tell us how you come up with that phrase, ball don't lie. And tell us if you if you ever write a book for adults, that has to be the title of that book. But let's go talk about (laughs) ball don't lie, because I'm just telling you, I know you I know you've talked about it, talking have talked about it a lot in your life, but it's so profound, Mm -hmm. man. And and it means so much to so many different people. When you go to Flint, ball don't lie. It don't lie. A young man dying, being shot. Ball don't Mm -hmm. lie. Drop these drugs. But let me say, I'm not stealing your thunder. 
Rashid, tell us what ball don't lie. How did it how did it come about and how did you realize it was a unique phrase you had to hold on to? Well, truthfully, I first heard it on the schoolyards of Philly playing right. basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just something, you know, we always said along with a whole lot of other, you know, trash talking. Right, right. So when um, it's, it's like, okay, say say you and I are playing, right. right? And boom, you try to take me to the basket. But, and you think I fouled you, but we both know I didn't foul you. You call foul because it's game point and you missed the shot. Right, so it's right, like, right. All right. And then so, boom, so you get the ball back. <laughs> And you miss the shot, and I get the rebound. Hey, that ball don't lie. So come on, and now it's my turn. You know what I'm saying? So it 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 just carried over to the NBA, and you know I was mainly saying it when the refs would call the these weak cheesy fouls on me, and the guys would go to the foul line and they miss that first shot. Hey, ball don't lie. It's karma. Right. It's a right, basketball guy. Right. 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 That's hot, man. Uh, you know, I, I wanted this is the first time we've spoken. Um, I hope you um, keep me in your in your memories about any opportunities. If you ever want to do a documentary, man, ball don't lie documentary because that's what yeah. you're doing right now, Rasheed. One thing about my gift, man, I see stuff, brother, and I see it sure. come to truth. And you are special, man. You're special because your story. That what I need. To, people see your story. I want your story on tape. I want your efforts on tape. I want your blessings that you're sharing with America, no matter what color on tape, because you out there doing what you say, man. Ball don't lie, brother. You're the truth, man. For real. I appreciate that, good brother, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm just playing my part, doing what I'm supposed to do. You're just coming off the bench, brother. That's all. Coming off the bench. Yes, sir. And doing what you got to do. Rasheed, thank you for calling my show, man. And we're going to talk soon, man. And you're going to get a call from me, man, because I'm serious, brother. You might not want tape on you, but I'm going to put some tape on you. Okay, <laughs> I can you can oh, you sure. can ask anybody about Rashawn McDonald. I say what I'm gonna do, man. You too special, brother. <laughs> you way too special, man. Be sitting around here talking about, hey, man, muscle up. Now nah, we gonna muscle up together and put you on tape because you changed this world, man, by what you do, and you are a global phenomenon, man. You know, you're not what you're doing in Flint is worldwide. You know, what you're doing in Detroit is worldwide. Durham, Charlotte, Philadelphia. All those efforts need to be, that story needs to be told because if we don't let you tell the story, man, then guess what? We don't win. If you want to hear any of the interviews on Money Making Conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging 
to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is Jahi Winston. Jahi is a 15-year-old rising actor who has shared the screen with Taraji P. Henson, Kevin Hart, and now stars in the new HBO Max movie, Charm City Kings, with rapper Meek Mill. But he's more than a teenage actor. Where all of my work stems from, whether it be the roles that I take, whether it be the work that I do off screen and the stories that I write and create and curate, I always want to come from a place. And how can I service my community by by doing this. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Vivian Wilde. Her fine jewelry business was founded on the belief that jewelry should be luxurious. I love that. Luxurious. That company, however, came to an abrupt end following her divorce, and the main producer of the stones was her former husband, who refused to provide the material for her to continue her venture. Thus, she had to reinvent herself. Vivian's story is about being a single mother, an entrepreneur, and betting on yourself. And when you look at and taking a leap of faith with a plan, that's the key right there. Leap of faith with a plan and invested every dime into her new fine jewelry venture. She's on the show to tell her story and will motivate us with her story. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation, the fantastic Vivian Brow. Thank you so much for having me, Rashan. It's amazing being here with you today. Well, you know, I, I really, you know, in the industry, because I have a good friend, she's in um, Arizona. She's in the diamond business. And she told me how, let's go, how, you know, very few females have, uh, are in the, in the jewelry business, especially in the diamond business. So we're talking about an industry, and you can always correct me if I'm wrong, that is male dominated. And um, because it's male dominated, women who come into the business are find it difficult to break in. Is that true? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is a very male dominated industry. And uh, when you are a woman, people look at you like you're not going to make it. Um, it's, it's changing a little bit now with the whole, you know, e-commerce online world that's becoming, you know, the most prominent, uh, jewelry, uh, uh, market right now because of everything that's going on with the world. Um, so a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurial minds, females right. are coming in and are able to really get their space in the business. But it, you were 100% right. You know, it's really, and it, it kind of, it's kind of, and I'm glad you're saying that because of technology. Because the way uh, e-commerce works now, and also when you look at the, what the COVID has done, the way it shut down this country and, and brick and mortars really had to reinvent themselves. And people are now shopping online more than ever. They, in fact, they entrust the process more than ever. And so with that, with that whole shutdown, how did that affect your approach to business? Did you change your model or did you, like a lot of people I've spoken to, big corporations and small entrepreneurs have said they benefited from the COVID shutdown. Uh, that's me, definitely, because we never actually had any brick and mortar stores. My my new jewelry line, which is Joie de Vez, 
we'll actually launch at the end of last year. Right. So when we launched, COVID was already like kind of taking place, not, you know, much, but it was already like coming to the States. So everybody already had that concern. Uh, but in when, when we decided to uh, uh, launch a sale, because I was actually going to close the store, the store was going to be closed for good because it wasn't doing well. We launched a 50, uh, 50% off discount uh, store closing sale, and then the store exploded. <laughs> and I truly believe, I truly believe that the main reason for that was because of COVID, because we got to, at that specific time, there were a lot of people that were stuck at home and now we're putting this incredible, incredible, sustainable 18 karat diamond jewelry line in front of them, you know, through social media and marketing techniques and all of that. And it's 50% off now. And uh, people are like, okay, I need to buy online anyway. So that's, that's what kind of made us like it, 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 it was, it was a, it was a life saving time for us. Okay, Vivian. Okay. You sound upbeat. You sound like a person who's <laughs> got good things happening in her life right now. Was it always like this? Was it always this upbeat? What were the struggles? Because when I talk about jewelry, because we said luxurious, which means already that's, that's, that's an elevated the word. The word that elevated above another price tag that's out there. So what is your market share? Who are you trying to reach in your market share in your jewelry business? Yeah, so for my jewelry, uh, basically, I have a, a luxury jewelry line, but with very affordable and attainable prices. There you go. So when I when I wanted to launch my jewelry line, I wanted to create a line that I would be able to create everything that I would like to wear. So I'm from Brazil, right? I do not wear 14 karat gold. So all of my jewelry pieces are made in recycled, sustainable, 18 karat gold. Uh, I do not wear natural diamonds. I only wear lab-grown diamonds because of all the conflicts that comes with natural, with mine diamonds. Yeah. Uh, so all of my jewelry is made with, uh, with lab-grown diamonds and all of that. So the people that I'm trying to reach are uh, women, or the modern women. Right. The women that are conscious about what they wear, they they, they wanna they wanna pay a fair price. They wanna get good quality. They wanna get luxury. Um, so my business model when I started this jewelry line was like I could create a brand and then I could sell you know to retail and then I could go ahead and sell to big wholesale stores. But why should I? Why would I do that? So wh what I, what I decided to do was like I'm gonna cut off the middleman and I'm gonna sell this amazing jewelry to people directly online. So it's a direct-to-consumer brand. It's affordable and it's luxurious. So I'm looking for the modern woman. I'm looking for the people that are conscious about quality and they're conscious about um, about how they spend their money as well. We know, like you said, crafted from 18 karat gold and ethically crafted diamonds and gemstones offers a one-of-kind jewelry experience designed for the modern woman, as she stated earlier, compromising a unique series of collections. Each design is inspired by women of the world, travelers, adventure seekers, and dreamers with each distinct piece corresponding to transcendent, elegant journeys. You know, I, I make that statement because as a buyer, I'm going to tell you right now, 
Vivian, I know nothing about jewelry. And it scares me when I look at jewelry because I don't have a reference. You know, I know about clothes. I know about tailor-made clothes. I know about leather bags. I know about cars. I know about houses. When it comes to jewelry, Vivian, you looking at a big dummy right here. I know. <laughs> and that's most people. Okay. It's, it's how, can most you, people. how can you help me to... Because I'm just serious. I go in the jewelry. I I will walk past. I look at a watch. I look when it comes to them those diamonds and earrings and how can you how can you help a guy like me that really doesn't as smart as a whip now when it comes to economics comes to planning comes to building careers and setting marketing campaigns when it comes to what you're talking about I'm like a ba 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 baby. Yeah, well, um, and that's most people. That was me before I actually got into the, the, <laughs> okay, the thank jewelry. You. Thank the you. Jewelry business. <laughs> sure. It's not just you. And, and it's, it's one of those things because, uh, you know, the diamond industry is controlled by some really big, powerful corporations. Yes, they, they are. Don't want, they don't want you to know. Uh, the the dirty, <laughs> you know, they don't want you to know the 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 bad aspect of it. They only want you to know the diamonds are beautiful and they should spend a lot of money on them. Yes, they want you to think the diamonds are rare. They are not rare. Mine diamonds are not rare. That's all a lie. Okay, <laughs> thank and, you. And, and I thought that as well. I I thought that as well. Um, uh, the diamonds industry is basically made by uh, phenomenal marketing uh, strategy. Uh, but the reality is diamonds are not rare. Uh, gold mining destroy communities uh, in a way that you can't even begin to understand. Diamond mining destroys communi- communities and, and, and there's a, a massive, massive uh, history of slavery that goes with it, yes, it and, and child labor. And, and people just don't know about it because of the marketing strategies and also because it's easier not knowing about it, right? Mm-hmm. So when when I launched Joie de Viv, um, even though I already had, I had lunch with Storms, I was doing uh, amazing with my first jewelry line, which was the one that, I, that you know, I was a business partner with my ex-husband. And then when I had to reinvent myself and create this new jewelry line that did include diamonds and gold and all of that, I had to dig in deep. I had to educate myself to understand exactly what I was going to do with my materials and where they were coming from and what kind of practices were being uh, uh, used on getting them here to my studio for me to be able to make my jewelry to my clients. And at that point, when I, I, I dug in, I learned how dirty and disgusting this this industry <laughs> right, is, right, Rashad. Right, 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 right. And it, it, it's it's as like it, it's disgusting. So that's when um I I I was like, okay, if I'm going to do jewelry, I need to find a way to do it the right way. So, for example. We have a history of, you know, gold mining, destroying communities. And that, that's not just like in Africa. No, that's also here in the United States. We have like a massive gold mine uh, in, in, in Utah. Right. That if, I know if, about you, that. Mm-hmm. if you look it up, it's like communities around it have been devastated and people have been poisoned. It's, it's, Incredible. Um, so I, all of our jewelry is made with actual recycled gold. 
Um, so that is basically uh, uh, lowering the, the the need of mining new gold. Um, so that that was one way that we found to to help with that issue. Then with the with the mines diamonds, and then you know today there's so much uh, availability of of fine jewelry online, and you go into a lot of these stores that are very affordable, and they're gonna say, oh, we have ethical uh, mines diamonds. And when they say, say that, they basically say um, they use diamonds that have the Kimberly process certification. But basically, when I started learning about the Kimberly process, what they do is that they will certify a batch of diamonds. And then you, you really don't know where those diamonds are coming from. You right. don't know who mined it. You don't know how they were mined it. You don't know if it was a child, if it was an adult. So even though there's a certification that's ethical, is it really ethical? It's, it, there's no way for you to know. So that's when I was like, okay, today the FTC have said that you cannot call a diamond uh, um, natural or unnatural anymore. It's either mined or lab grown because they are the same. If it's a lab grown diamond, it's a it's a diamond grown in a chamber in a in a in a high pressure chamber exactly like the one created you know on Earth. Right. So so the the thing is we have something that's exactly the same thing. Um, people still don't understand that it's a challenge actually educating people to understand that lab grown diamonds are real diamonds. So why are we using the diamonds that 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 destroy communities, that kill kids, that, that use child slavery. Why are we using those diamonds? Why are we using the diamonds that we don't know where they're coming from? Mm -hmm. So that's where I started working directly with the, the, the diamond uh, 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 makers now, you know, outgrown diamond uh, growers to be able to make our diamonds. And with that, we're able to track the diamonds back to exactly the it. exact uh, uh, beginning. So when it was a little, a little seed, and it goes into a chamber, who is working on that chamber? How, what's the name of that person? Uh, how long it took? We know everything about the diamonds from from beginning to end. So that gave us a traceability uh, uh, process that we really feel comfortable with the products products that we're selling. But again. I didn't know any of that until I started making it, right? So right. most people don't. And that's, that's one of the biggest challenges in this industry when we're coming, uh, you know, when we're talking about sustainable fine jewelry, because we need to educate people. But we've come a long way. So I'm, I'm actually very confident that in the next few years, it, we're going to even go forth further in, in, in that aspect of things. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customized 
customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Well, you know, the th- thing about it, because a lot of people come to my show, I rarely have um, jewelry people on my show. Uh, because mm-hmm. of, cause I did the backstory and I found a very honest person, a very uh, person who cares about the community, a person who makes impactful gestures uh, about her brand and what she tries to do. If, if, if success comes her way, she shares it. For instance, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you can save 50 percent off statewide on her website and 10% of all October sales to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. That's what I, that's important to me to say to people because my part of my life since I was 18 years old has always been giving back. It's always been tied to uplifting. I don't know why I did it, Vivian. It was just part of my DNA. And I feel it's important that we understand that with success, it has to be a shared experience to me because everybody mm-hmm. doesn't get it. And everybody's not going to be a millionaire or a thousand there. A lot of people out there are just going to struggle all their lives. And so the ones who have figured it out, and I, and I, I figured you're one of those people who has figured it out. And I'm not saying you Bill Gates, but you figured it out enough to be able to share and be responsible in your goals of sharing and being a philanthropist when it comes to philanthropists, when it comes to being able to share your wealth. Talk about the importance of October Breast Cancer Month to your brand and to you. Well, uh, for me, I have a, a very personal uh, uh, relationship with with breast cancer because I've had in my life several people that uh, had to struggle with with breast cancer. Right. And to me, as as you you just mentioned, I mean, there's no point of of chasing success in life. If when you find it, you're not going to share with other Thank people you. that need it. Uh, and, and for me, like since I started my, my jewelry line, you know, before it was Viv Storm Sign Jewelry, and now it's Joa de Viv, you know, the first month for, for Viv Storm Sign Jewelry, we actually donated, I think, like $30,000 to make a wish. Uh, and to help, you know, kids in need out there, like, and we do it all the time. Um, so I, I, I have a specific, very specific foundations that are very close to my heart. One of them is Make a Wish. Uh, and every time we do a donation, we get a little plaque with the story of the kids that we're able to give that wish. And it just, it just fills my heart, uh, that we were able to help with, with that. Um, the, 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 the second one is St. Jude's and what they do for kids with cancer Absolutely. and critical conditions. There's like, I, I don't even have words to explain, um, how grateful I am for what they do. And the third one is when it comes to breast cancer and we do support several breast cancer foundations. This one is the one that we, we, we picked for this year, but we try doing, you know, as much as we can. Um, and yeah, I think that it's important that in October, uh, uh, you know, 
smaller and bigger brands come together and bring awareness to this issue and is able to, 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 to raise enough money to help with the research. So maybe possibly one day we, we can get ahead of it, you right. know, mm-hmm. and find a cure and, and, and help uh, these women that have to go through it. And sometimes they're able to beat it. Sometimes they're not. And these women are mothers, they're sisters, mm-hmm. they are, you know, their daughters and, and it could be me. So, Absolutely. And it could you know, be my and I, mom. And I, my, happened with my sister. She was a person who was a victim of breast cancer and a good friend of mine recently was a victim of it. And, you know, I'm not just saying, I you know, I'm a big fan of Vivian. It's just stuff. I'm talking about I'm, because of the fact that you it's the fact that you care. It's the fact that you think about other than buying a car or a house. That's not at the priority list of your everyday thought process. It's about running your business, being a, a powerful mother, and being also being able to share your success by offering opportunities for other people to have a good life. And that's what this conversation is about. And, you know, you've been, you know, your, your, your story has been shared in Vanity Fair, in Forbes, Town & Country, Yahoo Life. You know, they're saying you're the best sustainable jewelry brand you can buy today. When they say that about your company, I know it's a big smile come across your face, but it also has to be, a, I told you, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like I I got goosebumps right now because, I mean, I I truly believe that, you know, life is a working progress. I think that we never we never stop growing. Right. And, uh, you know, a year ago today when we were launching this brand, Rashawn, like it was a disaster. We did not sell (laughs) a dime for six months. I we like literally I put a million dollars of my money every mm-hmm. dime that we had i put a million dollars into this brand and then in six months we had no sales we did we had a massive team we had a phenomenal team and nothing was happening until one day that i said you know what i'm just gonna do something else because now i you know i have a million dollars here i have five hundred thousand dollars of debt and, and i mean I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur so i've been there several times i know what i have to do to get out of the hole but you know you still you still shake when you get there and and then that's when I opened my my other company I, I own a financial company as well idea financial group and then my other company took off like a rocket and that's when I decided that I was going to close Joa de Vivian even though Joa de Vivian is my second child mm-hmm. for me it was very hard because I was like okay this is not working I'm going to close it I'm going to put a 50% off discount I'll sell everything out and then I'm going to concentrate on this company over here because it's doing really well. And then when the, the company took off and now to see how amazing it's doing when we really, really, really hit rock bottom and we thought there was no getting back from that. It's truly, uh, it gives me goosebumps to okay. think that. Um, you know, it's all about your mindset. It's all about how hard you work. It's all about you believing in yourself. And now when I get these unbelievable, uh, uh, you know, brands and media and editors writing things like we are the best sustainable brand you can buy today. Mm-hmm. I have no words to explain how grateful I am. We know because the, now you're saying this started hard. in December, correct? We, we, we did a soft lunch in October. Okay. Um, the, the actual lunch was in December. Um, and in, it was actually around April that we're like, okay, 
we're closing it. <laughs> and, and that's and that's when we exploded. And so we, when I say exploded now, because yeah, see, whenever I, whenever I invite people on the show, I always like to go to their websites because the website tell a story about their brands and how they market and their, the story they're trying to tell about their success. And the reason I brought up the fact that she says soft launch in October, December kind of rolled out. April frustration set in. Uh, that we, it's time to go to another direction. Now we're talking and celebrating and and and, and, and donating to charities right now. On her website, she has real reviews from real customers. Right? She said April it really kind of took off. She has five hundred and three reviews. Mickey, did y'all hear me? Did y'all did y'all hear me? What I just said? Five hundred and three. This ain't. She's not selling toilet paper. She's not selling her hamburgers. She's not selling Ch- Chick-fil-A wings. She is luxury jewel line, necklaces, rings, you know, 503 reviews. And re- the reason I love it is the fact that, you know, like one of them was just three hours ago. One was two days ago. One was five days ago. So it means that she is bold enough to tell you when they're coming in. That's how confident she is in her brand. To let you know, I have no reason to lie about what I do. I have people who believe in my brand. They post about my brand. They tell them they are positive customers. That is really, see, there's an openness about you, Vivian, that I just love. Where did that come from? Well, I I really, truly believe that we need to be transparent in everything in life. Right. And I, and I, and I think that word of mouth is, is still the best market marketing you can have. So for me, and, and I mean, just so you have an idea that the, 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 the percentage of people that actually write reviews after they receive a product is really only about five to 10%. Mm-hmm. The majority of the people that buy our jewelry don't write reviews. Right now, we're selling anywhere from five to 700 pieces a month. And the majority of those items, people are waiting four to six weeks six to eight weeks to receive them because we can't make them fast enough because it's all hey, hand right? Slow down, slow down, slow down. I know that. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> uh, and people need to understand what I'm saying. In April, she was frustrated. So we're talking really May, June, July, August, September. 503 reviews. That's roughly 103 people, uh, 100 people a month screaming that they love this woman love her jewelry love what she's doing love her brand that's an incredible number i know you're selling 700 pieces a month but for 100 people a month to come back one of them just three hours ago three hours ago you know what i'm saying talk about how they love this that is important and i just wanted to say that because publicly people don't do this people don't people don't expose themselves on that you can just go you know yelp I'm talking about things like Yelp. This is the same thing here. Yeah, people go to a restaurant, they don't like it, they tell you they don't like it, they tell you they love it. 503 in less than five months. That's all I'm just saying. I'm just complimenting you. That's all. I'm, I'm, I'm a oh, fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. That's a money making <laughs> conversation. So yeah. you, had, you had to come to my show and, and say, Yo, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, I love it because it's transparent, because people actually get to write what they feel, and then other people, and then, and then it's awesome when people actually post videos and, and pictures as well, and that also <laughs> helps it. other people mm-hmm. see how they look on, on, on their hands and their necks and everything, so yeah, I, I think it's very important that there is that transparency 
factor in there so people understand how the item and the jewelry is in real life. So, so now we now we we all, we have a level playing field with this online business with e commerce type business. What is the future of your brand? The future is uh, um, it's amazing. We are working on a few different things right now. Um, I actually just got engaged yesterday, and I'm very excited. <laughs> and uh, we, we we are launching an engagement ring collection, which I I'm I'm doing the very first one of them, um, which was made by by my brand. I designed it. Uh, so we're launching. Incredible engagement ring, ring collection coming January. Then we're launching another collection of everyday jewelry pieces that are bolder, heavier, uh, as well, uh, as well as a collection with sapphires and rubies and emeralds. And, and we're, we're creating amazing partnerships with women and suppliers that we want to empower and we want to work with as well as a black owned business because it's a, it's a very big passion of, of mine to work with women and, and minorities. I'm a minority. I'm a Latina. I'm a woman and I work very hard and I'm getting where I want to. So I want to empower as much as I can. Thank you. Um, the amazing people around me that are doing the same. Um, so, so yeah, we have some new collections coming up. We are working on, uh, on, um, on working with some big, big publications that are going to be writing and, and talking about us as well. And possibly some collaborations with some, uh, unbelievable people that I can't really talk about just yet. But yeah, the future is bright. We're very excited. Uh, we think 2021 is going to be an incredible year. And right now we're getting ready for Q4 for, for holidays, Christmas. And, um, and I have a feeling that this Christmas is going to be very different than that one last year. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, Vivian, uh, do, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm just a marketer. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't I I want to post your story on my social media. I want to post your story uh, in my newsletter that goes out twice a month. And uh, I'm not going to say I'm gonna put a big dent in your your sale, but I think it's all about branding. It's all about people letting people know about your story. And uh, if you don't mind, let money making conversation tell your story to my 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 fan base because I welcome your personality. Please, please, I, I love welcome that. who you are, and I want to continue to be a fan, a fan because of the fact that you're doing more than just luxury jewelry lines you're recycling you are concerned about the health of our young people about the future of our environment and that needs to be recited and also community involvement is about empowering women it's about empowering people who are less who don't have voices and more importantly serving part of your success to people who need it financially applause i love it thank you thank you you. I would love that. And yes, I think that if we all, you know, put our heads together and work together to make the world a better place, we can do it. You know, one person at a time, one hand together, you know, two hands together at a time. And, and we can really uh, uh, make a difference. Uh, but we have to go ahead and do it. Right. We will be. We will be there. I'm a friend. Uh, uh, please uh, give me some uh, banners. My newsletter goes out Wednesday. Get some banners to me, and uh, so I can put it in there and uh, put it on my social media. Thank you for taking the time. I know it's a. I know you're going through some great times these these days here, and I want to <laughs> thank you for blessing me with this interview. And I'm a fan, Vivian. I'm a fan, girl. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Richard. At any time, you know, I'm here. I'm here for you. Thank you for having me in your show, and, and I, 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 I'm blessed to being able to be here with okay. you today. We talk soon, okay? More importantly, I'm, I'm, my promoting my promotion will start on Wednesday for Vivian, okay? Her luxury. Oh, okay, luxury. perfect. Bye bye. Thank you. Be safe. Okay, bye. <laughs> if you want to hear more money-making conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. Thank you. Boom. <laughs>